0: Friends, well, this conversation is one of my most treasured to date. Today, I speak with my very, very dear friend, uh, Margot Young. She and I have been friends since uh, (laughs) before we could even remember. I mean, our our dads were friends. Uh, They grew up across the street from each other. Our grandparents knew each other. So we have a multi-generational friendship. And um, it's one of those friendships that has um, always been here for me and I treasure it so very, very much. And I have been wanting to share Margot's story because it is um, just so poignant and such a great lesson. She has so many great lessons to share with us all. Um, In this episode, we explore her heart-wrenching story of loss and the journey of just desperately trying to find meaning in in tragedy. Um, We talk about her relationship with cancer and her family and what it means to live a life knowing uh, that she's a carrier of a gene mutation and the stresses that really come from, from having that. And then also though, um, kind of unpacking a little bit of the um, way that she has been showing up in life, um, knowing that life is short and precious and how really COVID-19 has provided a space and, and a real opportunity to have time um, more quietly with her family and, and to really re-see life in, in new and different ways. Um, Margo and I also talk a little bit about the importance of staying healthy without allowing that perfectionism and overvigilance <laughs> uh, vigilance, I should say, to become another unhealthy pattern in our lives. Um, but this story is raw. It's very true. And I really encourage you to grab a box of Kleenex <laughs> and sit down and, um, just take a moment to listen to this, um don't be afraid of these emotions, my friends. Um, we all really need to see and to experience and to bear witness together. And so many of us have been touched by cancer. And, um, I find so much solace in knowing that for me, that I'm not alone. Um, so please join me in, in holding this and witnessing and joining Margot's brave journey, journey that she begins to share here. And, uh, There are some tears, but there's also a lot lot of laughter and joy, and I really hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Hi friends, this is Morgan Ruff. I have a lot of labels that span the very many adventurous roads that I've taken in my life from wilderness guide to elite level cyclist, ski mountaineer, environmental policy walk to one of my favorite labels of all time, wild adventure mom. I am a wild woman and a wild soul. My my life has taken me on some pretty cool adventures, but it's not always been an easy journey. I've been burned out, run down, depressed, anxious, truly ready to toss in the towel many times. I've been lost and wandering alone in the forest before, literally and figuratively, ready to give up. But over the past years, I've learned to cultivate hope, joy, and resilience within myself. Are you feeling like you've lost your way in this crazy ride in life? Feeling burned out or overwhelmed by the state of your home? <laughs> low, around, low in the state of the world right now? Yeah, I get Yeah, I understand. I've been there, and frankly, I still go there. All this can feel big and scary when we first come to it, but with some support from each other, you'll see how much power you truly have learn to trust yourself again, and gain greater connection to yourself, the people, and the world around you. On this podcast, we explore what's on our hearts and minds, learn new tools and skills for braving the wilderness, and most importantly, find out that we're not alone. Thanks for joining Oh, and I forgot to tell you, if you're interested in joining the community and furthering the conversation, pop over to Facebook and join us at Uplift for the Wild Soul, or follow me on Instagram, Morgan Ruff Uplift. Here's a podcast. Okay, let's see. We're recording. We're rolling. Hi,
1: Margot. Hi, Morgan.
0: I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. Yeah,
0: um, my oldest and dearest friend, and you have such a powerful story. And I'm just so honored that you would be open to sharing it here on the podcast and to opening up and and sharing more about your life, your experiences. And before we hit record, we were talking about the power of story and how important it is to share our story because we know that. It can help heal others, and then also it helps to heal ourselves. And so, today I'm just um, so thrilled that you are here and open to sharing your story.
1: Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I'm. Uh, I look forward to it, and I. I hope it helps um, others.
0: Yeah, it will. It does. Um, so, where where on your story, on your life
1: path, do you want to start? Oh boy, yeah. Um, you know, I think. I was thinking. Of, I've been doing a lot of <laughs> reflection and mostly walking on the trails, and actually listening to a lot of podcasts, and just been doing some thinking about sort of where I am in my life right now, and approaching or in my mid 40s, and um, and really have been thinking about about my story and how there's so many different components that I didn't necessarily fully understand sort of all of the connections. I think mm-hmm. I knew at the surface that it was connected, um, but didn't understand all of the connections really until I s until more recently. Yeah. And I think I was telling you, you know, some of that I think is just the stillness of being in this pandemic and being in a forced <laughs> lockdown. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just have more time to right think.
0: Yeah. It's like the great gift of the pandemic. It's also one of the most uncomfortable things about the pandemic.
1: It has been uncomfortable. And you know me very well. You know that I do not sit still very well. No. And maybe that's on purpose. I don't always want to think too hard about my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it certainly has given me time to do that. And which has been, which has been really good, hard, but, but really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's go back to we were talking a little bit about your family journey with cancer and what a role it's played in your life. And I'd love if we could just talk, start there and talk a little bit more about um, what your experience has been and how that has played and influenced your, your life.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to still say that other than a little, um, a little spot on my chin this spring, I'm still a previvor. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm still healthy and, and I really am so grateful for that. Um, you know, my, my story, my life, I feel like cancer's really always been a part of it. Um, I think you know early on. I knew that my grandfather, my dad's dad, had died very early when my dad was only 19 um, of, of pancreatic cancer, and then um, you know have a, a dear, very close aunt um, that has also battled cancer from a, a really early age in our early 30s, and. Um, and has had numerous belts of of illness. And so it's kind of always this thing that's been in my family and talked about. Um and at times sort of felt a little bit scary and a little almost inevitable. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, when when is that gonna happen for me? Um and and then, you know, when my dad got sick, I was let's see, I was 21 when my dad was diagnosed with bile duct cancer which is just a nasty nasty very deadly um, form of cancer and he was sick for about a year before he died when um when I was 22 and he had he had just turned 54 it's amazing <laughs> now you're gonna make me cry <laughs> I, I told you you had to bring the box to Kleenex. <laughs> Well, and it's amazing to me how, you know, 20 years later, it still feels like, you know, the biggest loss yeah. um, for yeah. me and my family. Yeah. Um,
0: I remember him so fondly. I mean, he was just this shining ray of light and always guiding. And the the phrase that we talk a lot about that just always embodies him is lead with love. And he just always showed up in that
1: way. Just He did. He did. I love that, Morgan. I mean, I think, you know, I he, he really did. He worked his butt off and um, <laughs> he worked his butt off for his family. And there were so many things that he wanted to do um, mm-hmm. and that he, that, you know, in other ways has has shaped, I think, the kind of career I chose. You know, my dad always wanted to, he loved the outdoors. And, he, you know, that was where he just wanted to be all of the time and ended up. Not in an outdoor job, um, but you know, I think is why I um, chose a career working in the environmental field and even working for the federal government. Because my dad said, you know, I want to be a, a in the Forest Service or something. That's what I should have done. Um, and, but he would just, he loved, he just loved us so much. You know, he would, and he was so positive. I, I just loved how positive he was. He used to play um, Chariots of Fire for us on the old record player. Do you remember that? Gotcha. When, when we would get ready for soccer games and get us all pumped up. And it's, I, I do that now. I'm not using the um, old record player anymore. I'm using <laughs> Spotify, but yeah, we listen to Chariots of Fire with the kids on the way to uh, soccer games and think about, and think about um, my dad, their grandpa and so
0: I also remember he could hold his breath the longest of any person I knew he would hold his breath all the way across the hood canal bridge so while he's driving yeah he probably was (laughs) breathing and we just didn't know it but I was like oh my gosh is he breathing
1: I love that I don't remember that yeah that's one of those things man I wish I had a better memory because there are so many things that I I don't remember about my dad you know just it it is what it is but
0: yeah, we were rough, you yeah. were so young when you lost him and it was such a quick um quick turnaround quick illness. It was. It yeah. was. And
1: and he was so healthy. I think that's what re- you know what shocked so many people is that my dad was was you know in great shape and active and mm-hmm. you know didn't 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 ha- do any have any vices that I knew of. <laughs> um and you know, and so it, you know, it was really, of course, hard. And and with uh, my younger brother and my older sister, just at a pivotal point in our growing up, it's I think losing a parent at any age is um, is incredibly, incredibly difficult. Um, and and really, you you get an early introduction into mortality, and I think especially it being sort of what what then became more obvious to us was that there was something um in our genetic uh system mm-hmm. something gen- deeper going on um and so you know a number of years later a few years later i think i was about 26 or 27 and this was in the early days of getting um genetic testing for certain um for certain um mutations and and I was I took the the blood tests and and I I did end up having a genetic mutation um that is now called lynch syndrome which is basically a mutation in one of our mismatch uh repair genes you know typically when you have um dna replication you have genes that go in there and and, and make sure everything's sort of the, it's like a spell checker gene okay is everything spelled right um, And I've got a mutation in one of those genes. And so it makes me um, much more uh, susceptible to a a number of different cancers, um, mostly colon cancer in men and women, and then in women, um, uterine and ovarian cancer. And then a lot of the cancers associated with your um, GI tract uh, and some skin cancers, which is what I had on my chin uh, this spring. And so, yeah, that was. Uh, I remember getting that news. I think I was again about twenty-seven, and and feeling like a huge. It was a huge, very, very large weight had been placed on on my back, and yeah. um, and I still am sort of processing what it means to to have that marker, right.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that something that your aunt and uncle also have? Like, have they had the genetic testing? And
1: yes, um, my my aunt has not, um, but we're she has had colon cancer and, and uterine cancer, and um, and she so uh, yeah. yes, she has <laughs> she has that gene, um, and and that is how we found it, it was my uncle, uh, my dad's brother went in and got blood testing because they knew that they could they could um find it and and he as well he's he's done okay um mm-hmm. and i think that you know the, the interesting thing with all this stuff is of course like medicine has come so far yeah. and Therapy and treatments have come so far, Um, and and knowing your risk and being able to take care of yourself and be really diligent about your health, um, which is what I've done, including having a prophylactic hysterectomy when I was done having kids, um, is it's a great, it's 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 a nice to know, right? But it Mm -hmm. comes at a cost of sort of every time you have a weird feeling <laughs> every mm-hmm. time you something isn't going well um you you just think automatically that you have cancer right yeah. and it's a, it causes a great deal of anxiety
0: yeah 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 that's um it's very like you say very powerful information but also like such a good way of phrasing it coming at that cost of like okay what does that mean for me and how how, how do you, how do you manage that weight that you feel on your shoulders and that weight on your back of that knowledge of knowing um, that you do have this, you know, potential? Um, what is it that you do to help with your anxiety and help with that pressure?
1: Yeah, mostly ignore it. No, um <laughs> try not to do that. <laughs> Um, You know, it's. I think when I was young, you know, this started when I was younger, and and for a long time, I did kind of just ignore it. You know, I'd go to my regular screenings, but I kind of ignored the bigger feeling of what of, of what it was kind of eating me up inside. And it wasn't until I got closer to the age of 38, which the age of 38 was like the deadline that, that my doctor and I had set that I would get my hysterectomy that I, I started like having panic attacks, right. It was like, I was, um, just at a sub very subconscious level, very nervous about what was going to happen to my body. Um, and, And so, so I think managing i I haven't done all that well. (laughs) I think, (laughs) frankly, um, you know, my the my body um, beyond just like the cancer stuff. You know, looking back and um, and overall feeling super blessed and lucky that I have my health and being, you know, being an athlete um, Mm. certainly has been a super great gift to me. Um, but yet, you know, when I went to try to have kids, right. Mm -hmm. Like it took, it took us, you know, a long time, long time, you know, to almost two years, I think of trying in order for us to get pregnant with our, um, our first time. And, you know, in that obviously we had, we had some actual, um, fertility treatments and ended up having twins, um, getting pregnant with twins, which was not something that we expected, or were necessarily excited about. And then, right when we kind of came around to the idea that we that this was going to be, you know, well, if if nothing else, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. um you know i ha- i had my babies very early um yeah, yeah. they were both born um at twenty six weeks and three days weighing you know anywhere Sawyer was just over one pound and and Zoe was one and a half pounds, so you know nothing yeah and um you know feeling again like i think that feeling again of man my body of just being failed by uh my my body um yeah. for whatever reason has been has been huge for me.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's interesting like being body people, like athletes and people who like to push our bodies to some amount of extreme. And it's almost like we're doing that to show like, okay, we have some control. But in the end, um, coming into acceptance of, so there's some really big things that I really don't have control over. Um, it can be hard for, for people like us who are like, no, I can make it up to that top of that biggest mountain in the state and I can, you know, ski down and, and do these things. And then to have that sense of like, well, what's wrong, body? Why are you, why are you feeling me like this? Um, that, yeah.
1: Yeah, it it is intense. Um, You know, I think, I think that... <sighs> You're exactly right. It's that, you know, those things that we can't necessarily um, control, but that we, we do have to, you know, accept. And the, the grief associated, I think, with both losing, with, with losing my dad and then, um, and then losing one of my, my little preemies, you know, Sawyer only lived about two weeks, he was just way too small, um, is is that you know? You know, I have, I think I've really tried really hard to be appreciative of what all of that loss has given me, but almost to the detriment of, um, of maybe burying some of it inside. You know, and that and that's why you know I was excited to start talking more about this as I was thinking about all the ways that I I have buried a lot of a lot of that and mm-hmm. and. And part of it is, you know, um, I, I love being able to help other people through their loss. I've had a number of very close friends lose parents, and um, and obviously, I've, it's it's brought back a lot of those emotions of losing my dad and what that looks like. But it also has maybe given me, um, maybe given me a. I don't know like an out for (laughs) something like I'm not really facing up to process still still continuing to process that loss and the loss of 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 a child and you know I just think it's a it's just a um ongoing journey frankly yeah um I'm still working through it obviously (laughs) (laughs) yeah of course
0: Yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, it's like layers of an onion. And sometimes we put layers on because we need to just kind of protect ourselves and get through whatever is in front of us. And we just want to kind of experience the joys in life and not be weighed down. And then there's layers of the onion that come off and peel off. And sometimes we don't have control when those layers start to peel back and um, kind of continue to get to our, those deep kind of core feelings of grief and loss.
1: Yeah, I think that's right.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the hardest things as we go on this journey is like, there's such a component of you have to uh, feel it to heal it. Mm. Um, But feeling it can feel very scary and very hard and very overwhelming. (laughs) And um, I don't think any of us are able to go Um, sit in a cave for years and just feel through it and then kind of emerge it's you know we're also living in in this space where we're showing up for others and um, you know continuing to love and nurture our own families and so you know finding that balance um,
1: and I think it I think you're right I think it has to be very intentional too because in I think you know with COVID And having that time and space to sort of have fewer distractions has really forced um, me into more of a thinking space. Where before, you know, um, part part of the way that I would manage having like the potential body that was going to fail me, or the potential, the inevitability of being of getting sick with cancer, or or, um, the the my body failing me there because I've beaten it up through playing soccer or because I, you know, of, of, you know, what happened with, um, with the, with Zoe and Sawyer is that I just, you know, f- I had this sense that I of urgency of like that everything had to be amazing and huge and big and, um, and you know, full of adventure. And it's, <laughs> I think like this, seriously, this extreme FOMO, it really creates a, a, it's not a great feeling. I mean, even yesterday, you know, going up skiing with the family and it's, you know, it's a total bluebird day. And then I felt myself saying, you know, wow, it's a bluebird day. You know, maybe the snow is not going to be that great. Maybe we should have done this. Maybe we should have gone on a hike. And, And I caught myself doing it where it's like, you know, living, it's so, it's so hard. I know for everybody, not just, not just for me, but to just be in the moment, accept your choices, really values for of where you are on your path, on your journey. And don't, um, question the decisions that you made and don't question every single thing that you do, um you know, you, like so much of life, you know, putting it out there to the universe and just making the best choice, the best decision that we can at that moment, and then trying to live in that moment and appreciate it without going backward, without without doubting yourself is a challenge, but it's, it's so important, you know, I mean, and, you know, especially as you know, we just moved to a new smaller town in the middle of a pandemic like what were we thinking right our kids are struggling to meet new friends we're struggling to meet new friends and and yet you know here we are right here we are and um and I'm I'm super grateful for the opportunity I'm super grateful that um you know that that we're here but yeah talking about peeling back the layers of just uh, yeah it's it's doing that to me right now for sure <laughs> yeah I, I question all those things
0: <laughs> you know one of the things that I hear when you're talking it's like this feeling of like we have to chase the extraordinary moments in order to find joy and this comes from Brene Brown and a lot of her research that she's done and um like in our culture and in our society we're always like you have to go big or go home you have to go for the extraordinary and um what she's found is the people who are, you know, her wholehearted crew, um, it's really about finding appreciation for the ordinary and for those um, kind of day-to-day moments that really cultivates that sense of, of joy. But, I mean, I have that, too, of that, like, I have to go for the biggest thing I have to be Washington State bike racing champion and like really go big Um, but as I have been stepping into doing less and really appreciating the kind of spaciousness I've been finding myself feeling a lot more free so the freedom wasn't necessarily in the things that I was pursuing the big things it was really in these like quieter um, moments, but it's taken a, it, uh, it's been a big shift
1: <laughs> Yeah, to get yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Well, I've loved seeing you on that, um, journey too. I think that it's still it's a real challenge for me to like sit still in those, um, feelings and just enjoy the small moments because I do, you know, there is always that, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that, um, mentality that, uh, yeah, I'm still yeah. working on that for sure.
0: well and there's just different personality types like you are like the extreme extrovert and like get get all your energy through you know other people and doing things and I'm like the extreme introvert (laughs) Like really just like give me a cup of tea and a book and I'm I'm pretty good
1: it is is true although I'm learning I feel like I'm learning to be a little more and more so get energy you know yeah get energy from well and
0: i think other that places. your your fomo kind of that feeling um is so relatable and especially for people who have had the experience of loss in their life and then you just feel like there is this um need to fill every moment every day every kind of experience with this kind of you know next big thing and yeah how has that, how has that affected you
1: yeah, I I mean I do think I think so many choices of um of how how I mean just how my personality is um has been shaped by um wanting to do more and more things or you know the when you said go big and go or go home I mean that's like my tagline right <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean like Yes. Like, yes, I do want to climb that mountain or yes, I do want to, you know, take on another um, role or another job. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I do, I I think it's really important just as we go through and I know that you're so good about talking about this. I was thinking about this the other day about how you want to feel, right? Is Mm -hmm. the, is the work that I'm doing, is the life that I'm leading or the choices that I'm making really connected to how I want to feel? And If the answer to me is, I want to feel, you know, I want to feel crazy and I want to feel busy and I I like that feeling, Um, then, you know, then, then the answer is go for it. And to some degree, I think that is just how I'm wired. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think it's really, I think particularly the past year of living in a more simple life and peeling back some of the layers about what I've been filling um my time doing like commuting to work right Mm -hmm. uh you know doing all this extra stuff is really having taken all that stuff away it has given me a definitely a new appreciation for just um living a little bit simpler and and it's been it's been really good yeah yeah that's
0: good um So, you know, what do you feel like your path and your journey is in kind of continuing to create this kind of life that you want? Uh, You know, I've been super impressed watching you move yourself from, you know, city where we lived our entire lives and have this amazing connected network of um, really incredible supportive friends to a small town. I mean, we're, you know, you're still within driving distance, but, you know, mm-hmm. it changes the day-to-day dynamic. Um, but you're, you're really doing that because there was something your soul, your heart was craving. And it was, there was something in that connection to a smaller town and a, um, maybe a slower pace that yeah. called to you. Um, but it took a lot of bravery to step out and do that and, and bring your kiddos up with you. Mm-hmm. So What, I mean, what does, what does that mean to you? What, what is this life that you are creating?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, I, someone asked me the other day, like, so do you, do you like it? Are you, are you happy? And every time I ask myself that question, the answer is wholeheartedly yes. And I think that. You know, at the at my core, um, there was nothing in there was nothing wrong with how we were living our lives and um, where we were, but at I think really touching into what was what what do I enjoy? What brings me the most amount of joy in my core? And that's really being um, in nature, right? I mean, it's really being outdoors and it got to be just more and more difficult to do that where we were living. And so, um, and, and also just having like you said, the slower pace. So what am I creating here? You know, ideally community, which is a little bit challenging right now, but I have hope. Um, But I think that the balance of, um, of taking some things off, off my plate to live a more health, a healthier, balanced life. Um, and focusing on those things, I think that bring me joy and focusing on those things that bring my family joy. Um, how do we want and how we want to feel and then trying to craft our lives around that is huge. I think the, the challenging part is that, for my kids and for me too. You know, people are the people that I'm closest with bring me so much joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it's been difficult because of COVID to main not to maintain relationships, I think, because you can do that. What I talk to my my kids all all the time about is that you're gonna have different versions of friendships and your friendships are gonna evolve. And just like you and I who have known each other for you know our entire lives and then some yeah. you know go we have friends and and have had sort of an evolution of our friendship over time and through the ages you can grow apart and grow back together and then you know I have friends from all different aspects of my life um who have gotten so many things from it. and those people that you you know that you latch on to and that you really value will always come they'll always be there for you um you know the the women that I played soccer with in college they're We're still tight. They'll always be part of my tribe, regardless of where they live or how long it's been since I've talked to them. And so, really, um, so that so while that's been hard for probably more for the kids than for me is I take solace in the fact that those relationships I think will always be there and that there's always so much more room for new people and, um, and you learn from new people and so be welcoming and open. And that's what we've, we've been trying to do. So more, I'm trying to create, you know, more, um, I think, uh, yeah, like more balance and, and more connection to nature and, um a more daily routine that includes being outside Mm -hmm. because that is a true part of my core i think it's where i do so much of my thinking and onion unraveling and (laughs) i was feeling a little bit maybe suffocated without that i think Mm
0: Yeah, I think there's such a, a power in being in nature. It's like the rhythm of everything just slows down and you can all of a sudden you can really hear yourself this, or at least that's my experience of like, oh, wow, look, there are some big feelings. And then also so often we're moving. And so yeah. you're kind of moving those emotions and processing and and kind of yeah. allowing them to surface and be and then you know allowing them yeah. to release when you're ready.
1: And if you think about, you know, y- you know, the whole, this, the whole journey on, like, we started talking about cancer Mm -hmm. was really about health, right? And, and what's more important to our health than, than, you know, our mental health, obviously, um, managing anxiety, bringing joy into your life. Um, I mean, there's so many, there's so many elements to that and and various things that I try and do to keep myself healthy Mm -hmm. and you know from the outside looking in I mean obviously you know what 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 you eat I mean I'm very careful about um, the food choices that I make obviously you know what I'm putting sort of in my body and on my body and um, with a back, my backgrounds in environment and environmental health, I mean, I'm very cognizant of the connection between um, chemical exposures and our personal care products and um, and our health outcomes. And so I'm very careful about um, all of that stuff, cleaning products and mm-hmm. all the stuff we're, we're surrounded with every day. Um, and those were all fine and good, but I think I was – I think I was lacking a little bit of the, of the mental health um, component to my, to my arsenal, right, Mm -hmm. of just slowing down and um, living your truth. And if my truth, even though it was so hard for a long time to admit that my truth was not where I was in that moment right <laughs> and living in this city and and even though I loved it and I love my community it maybe wasn't my full truth um I feel a little bit closer to that now and um and I think that that's that's for those of us who who can and I realize I come from a very privileged position of being able to choose that for my family at this mm-hmm. moment um that it, it's worth exploring what that is and and trying your best to make it happen
0: Mm, that's so beautiful, it's so beautiful, and I am just so grateful that that um, opening of the opportunity to um, kind of, you know, you said you would worked a lot on that physical, the kind of physical attributes, and now it's like going oh, working on the internal ecosystem a little bit more of those thoughts and the the um, mental health and and the. Um, processing a lot of these emotions. Um, it's like a very brave place to be.
1: I'm working on
0: it. <laughs> you you're, to- you're climbing another mountain. It's just <laughs> a very different type of mountain.
1: Yeah, that, that's right. And one that might, you know, not be, not be forgiving all the time, but you know, what mountain really is. So right, right. yeah, but yeah. I, I'm excited to be in a in a different place. I, I tend, I think that People crave change and change is really good. And um, it offers us an opportunity to learn and to explore and to dig deep into who you are. And um, and just, you, you know, nothing is, life is is not permanent. There's nothing permanent about anything that we're doing here. And, you know, as we started this conversation, like there's no guarantee, you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. So you, you know, be you, do you, and, and make a lot of joy for yourself as much as, as you can.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if nothing, this whole pandemic experience, I used to say 2020, and now we're kind of in 2021, so I can't say that anymore, <laughs> um, has showed us is that, like, really nothing is guaranteed, and we have to really kind of look deep inside us to say, what do I need right now how can I feel good um, and not really look at to the outside so much uh, to constantly give us that um, affirmation that really a lot of these things need to come from deep within
1: oh man so true um, it has been it has been a mind trip right <laughs> so, so many in so many ways um, and and you know I know that I'm not alone when I say that I struggle with with acknowledging sort of the beauty of of it, um, because it's been, of course, impossibly hard um, yeah. and and fatal for many people and right. and with, for families. It's been just just awful for healthcare workers. It's been awful. I mean, et cetera, et cetera, and so. But, yes, there, there has been been beauty in sort of stripping it all away and for everyone to recognize that, like you said, that, you know, tomorrow your kids could be sent home from school and they wouldn't go back for another <laughs> year plus. Right. Not even school is guaranteed.
0: Yeah. Well, and one of the things that you touched on there is, like, what it feels like and how hard it is sometimes, um, or I should, I'm i trying not to say hard, but uncomfortable it is sometimes mm-hmm. to, to hold two completely opposing feelings at the same time. Like it has been really this challenging experience. Many people have been suffering and there has been great beauty um, and, and growth that has happened also for many people. And it's like, it's one of the things that I work with often in my own kind of emotional state is like how do I hold both the good and the bad at the same time and know that they both are equally true and that like sometimes blows my mind I'm like whoa like this one situation can be one of the most awful things and can be one of the most beautiful things yeah equally true yeah
1: no, I th- I think about that a lot too. I remember a therapist pointing that out to me once. Is like it doesn't have to be either or. It can be and and. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> um, and you know, and I, I think that's right. I I you know, I've worked my entire life, and even after having kids, and even after people were shocked after Zoe and Sawyer were born, you know, I had to go back to work two weeks late. Two weeks after I lost a a child was back at work because we didn't have paid leave and I wanted to save up my leave for when Zoe got home from the hospital, you know, 107 days later after she was born and able to take off some time there. Um, But, you know, so I haven't taken a lot of time off. And when when Ingrid was born, I think I took only six weeks off, you know, again, we just didn't have paid leave and I saving it up so we could go travel and uh, do other things like that. And of course, I'm fortunate to have a husband that wanted to, um, that was excited to take on that, that role and a schedule allowed for helping out for, for, you know, being there at home. But, and so, you know, with, with COVID, it's been so amazing having finally be, like, be able to be the, the mom that was home, that is home for them, and making breakfast, and being there, you know, theoretically after school, although they're, they're at school in my house, um, <laughs> you know, but, and, and so I don't, you know, I feel very um, honored to, and happy about that. At the same time, oh my gosh, it's been hard, and yeah you know, I know all of the, all of the parents and, and I think moms in particular are, can say that, that it has been incredibly hard to be needed all the time so much, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a gift, but it is a lot and it can be both, like you said.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for looking out your window behind you and I see the trees behind and just knowing that you have that, um, you know, green space right there so that you can just step out and take that time and know that there's maybe a moment in your day when you're, um, you know, not needed by everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> goodness. Um, your story is so incredible and so moving. And I'm like, so honored to, to be able to share it and talk to you about it. And, um, you know, A lot of emotions. (laughs) I'm trying not to cry. And um, I know that your experience is going to resonate with others. So how can people um, learn more about you, hear more about what it is that you're doing in your life and, um, you know, connect with you?
1: Yeah, thanks, Morgan. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of old fashioned. So, uh, of course, you know, I'm on the Facebook. Um, so you can find me on Facebook, of course, and then um, and feel free to connect. And then I'm on Instagram. And you'll love my handle is PNW Adventure Party, because that's pretty much how I try and live my life. And now I'm beginning to deconstruct maybe that's how I'm feeling I'm trying to fill a void by our always having an adventure party. I do love adventure and I love to party <laughs> and I love the Pacific Northwest. Um, and then, you know, I'm trying to do a little bit um, more on really thinking about how, like we started, how the, the, these various things sort of um, intersect. And so I'm starting to get a little bit more involved with the Lynch syndrome um, awareness project, the, um, the whole notion around previvors and sort of how we can um, eat well and um, take care of our houses and take care of our homes in the right way. And so, um, you know, find me, find me there on Instagram. And, and I try to link to um, a lot of folks who I think are doing it well, which to me, that means a balance of not totally freaking yourself out, but really just focusing on those things that you can control. Um, Because you know, we don't need more anxiety when it comes to feeling like you have a a predetermined um, health uh, destination, and so, um, so. I I think that's a great resource. And then, you know, also um, committed to sort of working on um, both the issues related to prematurity uh, connected with the March of Dimes, which is an amazing um, organization, was a very great resource when we were um, at the NICU. With um, with Zoe and with Sawyer, um, and and then you know there's a lot of other things that I'm I'm passionate about. But if if any time I always put it out there, people who have premature premature kids, especially micro preemies that are very very tiny, um, always available, um, and for anyone dealing with with um, with any genetic issues, it's great to be informed um, about your your genetic predisposition as much as we know. And and so that we can keep preventing and and work more on um, research to... Get rid of cancer because <laughs> it really sucks. It
0: really sucks. It really <laughs> sucks. Well, and I have seen you show up time and time again for families who uh, are in the NICU and for others who are experiencing cancer and other you know factors. And I'm just always so amazed at how expansive your heart is and how you will show up for anybody. So, um I just am so appreciative and grateful for you and all the work that you're doing and all the awareness that you're bringing. Um, and, you know, how, how these uh, things that have affected your life have brought challenge and brought sadness. But hopefully, in telling your story, people feel, well, just know they're not alone and also can, can feel that um,
1: connection. Thank you, sweet friend. I, appreciate I love you so you. much. <laughs> I love you more. <laughs> okay. Love you.
0: And yeah. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Margot just as much as I did. I think there is still so much that I would love to cover with her. And we're going to have another conversation um, in the future to talk more about environmental health and what we can do in our world to, you know, just uh, live, live a healthier life. But like she says and does so well in her life, just making sure that it is one that is balanced and um you know, progress, not perfection. Um, I noticed that there's a term that we use in our conversation and that is previvor. So for those who aren't familiar with that term, um, cancer previvors, quick Google, Google search, cancer previvors are individuals who have a predisposition to cancer, but who haven't had the disease yet. So that's, um, a group that typically includes people who carry a, uh inherent mutation, like Margot does, with the Lynch syndrome. Um, they have a family history of cancer that defines them as high risk or have other predisposing uh, factors. So that's a previvor. Um, like we said in the conversation, please follow Margot at uh, PNW Adventure Party. I'll put her, that link down in the show notes. And then also uh, pop over to Instagram, connect uh, with me there. I love hearing how these uh, conversations and episodes resonate with you. And it helps give me uh, more ideas for content that I can bring forward in the future. I really appreciate you listening to this conversation today, and for being a part of this community. So thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you are looking to dive in a little bit more with your gratitude practice, uh, the 14 day gratitude challenge is is still open. So. Just go to my website, morganruff.com, and you will see it there. And all, it's very easy. It's just an email a day, and it will give you some prompts that you can uh, work to strengthen that gratitude muscle. Well, until we talk or meet again, thank you again, and um, look forward to future conversations. Bye.